We live in a fractious age where division and isolating ourselves from those who disagree with us is both a great temptation and a spiritual danger to the life of the community. In this sermon delivered on the second Sunday of Advent, the Reverend Richard Helmer reflects on John the Baptist's witness as he invites people to enter into metanoia through an encounter with radical otherness. In the name of the Holy Other, Amen. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low. The irony is not lost on me that we meet today in Mill Valley at the foot of Mount Tan. What does that mean? You might have noticed that the Episcopal Church was in the news a fair bit this week. Our own bishop led a peace march and Eucharist in San Francisco on Thursday, and a few of us from Church of Our Savior joined over 200 others, including veterans, Quakers, Buddhists, Muslims, and those who claim no faith tradition at all, in praying for all the dead in Iraq, and hoping against hope for an end soon to hostilities there. Out of heartfelt witness for peace, Bishop Mark and his wife Sheila joined 11 others in being arrested for civil disobedience. While we were together outside the federal building, raising our voices in song and praying and breaking bread together, I must confess that I felt a bit uneasy. My brother is in the military at Naval Flight School, and I wondered how would he feel about me showing up for a peace protest. And I felt uneasy about the situation. Not so much about witnessing for peace in a carefully planned nonviolent demonstration, but for the present circumstances on the ground in Iraq. The same kind of unease I heard in our president's voice this week. Because even as he stood with his staunchest ally in the war, he faced unnerving and difficult questions about how we best handle an end to the occupation without bringing our own people or the Iraqi people to further harm. You see, my brothers and sisters in Christ, whether we were for the invasion or against it, we have now a situation that no longer gives way to sound bites or dogged insistence or quick policy fixes. We are all relearning the painful truth that it is so much easier to unleash the terrifying forces of war than to rein them in again. And the discussions and the recommendations of a special commission and the heated debates beginning in Congress all happen against a backdrop of abysmal popularity ratings and a still very uncomfortably divided electorate and country and an equally divided international community. And not even our beloved Episcopal Church is immune from this ongoing divisive discomfort. A week ago yesterday, our brothers and sisters meeting in special convention next door in the Diocese of San Joaquin voted overwhelmingly to take the first step forward 
in eliminating the Episcopal Church from their constitution and canons. If this decision is confirmed next year, it would mean their diocese secedes from the Episcopal Church. It's a possibility we haven't confronted as a community of faith since the Civil War. And two large parishes in Virginia this week considered recommendations that they leave the Episcopal Church and join a North American Anglican group under the jurisdiction of the Archbishop of Nigeria. That's a move that hasn't been seen in over 500 years of history in the Anglican tradition. And it's largely unknown in 2,000 years of Christian history. So from the Archbishop of Canterbury to our newly elected presiding bishop to our leadership in this diocese, the question remains about how best to respond to ultimatums and brazen schismatic acts, the seeds of division. Some of our sisters and brothers batten down the hatches and shut out communion from those with whom they most strongly disagree. I'm sure many of you are familiar with the old Chinese curse, may you live to see interesting times. I suppose these are interesting times in which we live, but they are also divisive, are they not? The middle, as so many pundits have opined over the past few months, seems to have disappeared, not only in the Episcopal Church, but across the nation and in the world. We live on a divided planet, hurling things at each other over the chasm between us. Our own sense of unease, of feelings running high, means we take on issues of war and peace, of communion and schism with a great deal of fear and trembling. People are leaving over such things. They are departing from community. Friends are becoming bitter enemies. Neighbors we thought we knew and loved become hostile and threatening as we are tempted to hurl abuse at each other across that chasm that seems to be growing. And we, liberal or conservative, theologically or politically or both, or even if we count ourselves amongst that shrinking and increasingly invisible group of moderates, we are tempted to batten down the hatches, count our losses with those who disagree with us most, and shut out anyone and everyone who is different. Shut out the other. It's into this divisive context that the words of Isaiah come to us today through the Gospel of Luke. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. John the Baptist was out in the wilderness teaching and offering what in the ancient Greek is baptisma metanoias, The baptism of metanoia, a term so full of meaning that it might be better left untranslated. We often hear metanoia translated as repentance, but it implies much more than a turning away from sin. It signifies a change not only of the mind, 
but of the heart. A complete and utter transformation of what makes us human inside and outside. The remaking of not only our souls, but the remaking of all our relationships with each other, with the earth, and with the God who stands at the very center of our being. Now, in our media-driven age, we might be tempted to chide John a little for going about his business in a most wrong-headed way, for being out in the boonies declaring such a message. It's almost as though he's standing on the top of Mount Tam proclaiming this message when he really should be inside the Washington Beltway saying such things, right? Would it not have been better for him to go to Jerusalem, to the seat of the religious tradition and the heart of Roman power in ancient Palestine? Maybe he could have pulled rank a little bit. He was the son of a temple priest, for heaven's sake. Maybe there he would have gotten a better hearing. Maybe there he would have drawn over some converts from the higher echelons of power. But there is a dangerous assumption in that question. We are often caught as a spiritual people in the fallacy of looking for metanoia in all too familiar places. Where we know the situation and the circumstances. Where we know who's in and who's out of power. Where we know who has the right theology and who has the wrong theology. And how we are in relationship with them. In our divisive age, we are often seeking metanoia amongst only those who agree with us most, or amongst those with whom we are most comfortable. No, John understood something in his bones about where metanoia would most likely occur for the people he was calling, and that was on the edge, with a radical encounter with the other. By other, I mean something or someone wholly different from who we are ourselves. A different place, perhaps. A person with whom we might radically disagree. Or a strange God who comes to us in unexpected ways. The wilderness was a forsaken place for John's contemporaries. It's why he went there to find God and draw others into new relationships. If you stick with us long enough, we will also see Jesus going to the wilderness for metanoia, for transformation. It's because out there in the strangest places of our lives, meeting with the strangest people or even the beasts, where all bets are off, where we are made uneasy and uncomfortable, this is where we find true conversion, true metanoia a changing of our hearts and minds, and even new eyes to see our own world in unexpected ways. In Advent, we often gather here, some of us for the first time, some of us, as we have done over many years, we gather here to find comfort. Sometimes we gather here to find the familiar. But the journey of Advent calls us outside of what makes us comfortable, calls us to the edge, into our own wilderness, so that we might encounter with John the metanoia of the soul, where the valleys are lifted up 
and the mountains laid low. Where our relationships just in time for Christmas are remade and our eyes see the world in a new way. Where our divisions cease and new horizons for the human family become visible. This Advent, when we are called to busy ourselves with holding up the old and the familiar, when we are tempted into the divisions of a fractious age, take time to go out into the wilderness and seek that transformative presence of the other. Make time this Advent to get to know a complete stranger. Sit down for coffee with someone who sees the world completely differently than you do. If you're a liberal, sit down with a conservative. If you're a conservative, seek out a liberal. Or find an empty place, devoid of all the distractions of the home, the office, and the familiar. Step out of the known and comfortable and invite God in, laying bare all those things that the familiar protects and shields, and be transformed, making room for the one who is coming to set us free from division and sow the seeds of a new community and a new creation that all humanity might see the salvation of God together. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We strive to be a welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or through our website, OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R. S-A-V-I-O-U-R M-V for Mill Valley dot org We wish you God's peace and we hope to be able to greet you in person very soon.